0: Welcome to the Startup Competitors Podcast, where we talk with early-stage entrepreneurs and to understand what information they use to inform product roadmap, strategy, and market differentiation. Want regular updates on moves your competitors are making? You can learn more at StartupCompetitors.com. Hey there, we're doing something a little bit different today. I was recently a guest on the Moments to Momentum Podcast with Scott Abbott. It's a super fun podcast. If you've not listened to it, please consider this a sample taste. I was episode 55, which means there's roughly another 60 episodes out there that you can listen to. Scott does a great job with this podcast. I like the balance of kind of fun and frivolity with some deep business and personal insights. I think he does a really good job of balancing those two. In this episode, I share a little bit about my background, how I got started in technology. We talk about Oreo cookies and whiskey. And then we jump into some more serious topics like how do you recognize pain and suffering in other people and how do you leverage that to maximum effect in business, life, parenting and whatnot. It's a really fun conversation. Hope you enjoy it. Go follow Moments to Momentum after you listen to this. Drop Scott a note on Twitter or LinkedIn and tell him thank you for hosting this and all the other episodes he does. Hope you enjoy
1: Hey, this is Scott Abbott. And you know what? You can get a free copy of my best selling, award winning book, Level Up to Professional, simply by sharing this episode of my podcast, Moments to Momentum. And with that share, use the hashtag Level Up to Pro. That's LevelUpToPro. That's L E V E L U P T O P R O. And every week we'll choose somebody who shares the episode using hashtag level up to pro. We'll get in touch with you. You'll give us your address and we'll ship you out a free copy signed specifically for you of level up to professional, my book. So thanks for listening. Please share the show, put in hashtag level up to pro. And who knows, you might be the lucky recipient of a signed book dedicated to you. you. Hi, this is Scott Abbott, and thank you for listening to Moments to Momentum. We have been given the scientific knowledge, the technical ability, and the materials to pursue the exploration of the universe. 10, 9, ignition sequence start. 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0, all in... The Moments to Momentum show is sponsored by Straticos. Straticos is dedicated to helping open-minded, forward-thinking business owners and leadership teams build strong, healthy, high-performance, and prosperous companies. With regard to our skills and credentials, we have over 30 years of experience and expertise helping to launch, operate, grow, buy, and sell successful businesses. Most of all, we love helping good, caring, and compassionate people, along with team centric organizations, effectively learn, implement, and leverage the best strategies, mechanics, and principles for great leadership, management, and accountability in business, work, and life. If you're looking to grow from good to great and are truly committed to building, running, and growing a values based, results driven category of one company, and as important, be the leaders and leadership team that your business, family and community deserves. Then go to straticos.com. That's s t r a t i c o s, straticos. straticos.com. Greetings and salutations. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, and it literally is a spectacular day in the neighborhood. Michael Kelly, also Mike Kelly. What would you say? It's seventy-five sunny. Rumor has it you rode your motorcycle down here, so you should know better than me. The temperature, the, the goodness—it is a lovely day. Yeah, I like that word, lovely.
0: Yeah, it's great. I paid lovely. the I paid the blood price to ride the bike in the in this morning. It was like fifty degrees, but it's,
1: I'm glad I did. Now it was uh, as I mentioned. Uh, I, I took my daughter to the airport at uh, five thirty this morning, and it was a bit chilly. Yeah, lovely but chilly. But it's awesome. It's one of these days, though, gang, that Fabian, speaking of awesome, he's off doing something, you know, fun, and he's not here with us, is he, Mike? You, you know Fabian, don't you? I do. We, we like Fabian. He's a good guy. But, you know, we can handle this on our own, can't we? He's so, dead weight at this point. I mean, sometimes he thinks he's kind of, like, more important than I think he is. I mean, he's giving me the instructions. I was really? able to I'm, hey, I'm, did I say? Uh, if people are listening to this. You know, I, the trading wheels are off after 50 or the 53rd episode. I think I'm sort of figuring out how to do some things without them. Yeah. They're great episodes. I've been listening. Yeah. Yeah. We love them. But Fabian, you're, you know, you're not all that in a bag of chips always. But anywho, not to digress too much. Hello, everybody. Thank you for watching. For watching. You know, I say that you see over there, Mike, see those two cameras. Those are supposed to be on by now. And so every now that I like watching video, no, we're still on the video. We're still just an audio, but, uh, one of these days we're gonna get video and audio, but I don't know if I can handle all that at the same I'm, time. I'm glad I made it in before the cut. Yeah, yeah. Well, because obviously I didn't shower. You, you look good though. Do you know the
0: the beautiful part about audio only? Hmm. It's really easy to edit. The second you had
1: video in there, it, you can't. I can't say offensive things and then you cut them out. Well, there's there's where there's where Fabian's value add comes in. He's 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 in charge of all that stuff. So, all right. so I can't complain about how hard it is because that's what he does. All right. And that's why we keep him around. He's good at that stuff. Anyhow, it's just audio today, Mike, and uh, and I'm glad you uh, decided to participate in a beverage. It is the 4th of July Friday, pre-f pre pre 4th of July, Friday before 4th of July. I'm gonna get that right sooner or later. Got big plans? I don't actually, which yeah. is, <laughs> which, is which, which is which is pretty damn good. As, really before we got on Micah yeah. saying uh, kids are gone, low-key weekend, maybe I'll look at fireworks on the television. I, I do believe Carmel's got this festival again this year, so maybe walk down and grab some of that that fair food. I'm still on the other side of kids, so ours are still pretty young,
0: so it, we will have like the joyous, let's go out, watch fireworks, still, still, ooh and
1: ah, it's, it's kind of awesome still. As you should, as you should. So, hey, ladies and gentlemen, I am so happy to have Mike Kelly in the studio. Mike, I was thinking we met, holy cow, 15, 17 years ago. Long time ago. Long time ago. Um at the onset of this thing called the internet, I think. <laughs> Back in the I was reminiscing on that with with uh I know a couple of guys you know, Mr. Scott Jones and Matt Hunkler the other day, uh going down memory lane. But we've known each other um through our circles for almost a couple of decades, and I am super excited to have you on the show. Why? Well, I'm gonna give you a, you know, a little bit of a shout out and make you blush, baby. I think you are one of those quintessential um leaders who is involved and does so much great work and, and helps so many people, so many companies, and, and not just because of what you guys do over at Developer Town, but, uh, but just in general. And yet, I, I think you might like it this way. You may be one of the less known individuals out there. I don't see you looking for a lot of the proverbial limelight, or you're not involved in a lot of these kind of events. I love where, it that yeah, way. You like it that way, don't you? Yeah. And I dig that. I don't think I found that groove yet between that and, and also kind of having to be out there a little bit because of what I do. Um, I'm still trying to work on that fine line between, you know, who the heck are you? And yet I got to be in certain places. You follow me? But yeah. I dig the fact that you do what you do, the way you do it, how you do it. And it's not just me saying that. I will tell you, you're probably one of the most complimented um, congratulated individuals behind the scenes again, and I just want to give you a shout out on that. So guys, if you don't know who Mike Kelly is, and he is a a humble leader, go out to the internet, this thing called LinkedIn. I'm sure Mike hopefully will allow you to connect with him and we'll find out more details about where to hook up with him in this thing called the World Wide Web, internet, social media, whatever. But hey, man, thanks for being on the show. Great to have you here. So the show works in three parts. Part one is instead of me gushing about you and reading all the stuff that I could on the internet. Uh, tell us, uh, who the heck Mike Kelly is in your own words, where are you from, what you do, uh, what your company is all about. And then part two, we're going to play the game. All the kids are digging five and 10. You're going to spin that wheel. It's going to land on one of those goofy 12 characters that correlates to five questions. We're going to ask you those rapid fire, get to know you, marinate you a little bit, get you all, all right. like a fighter getting ready for a big fight. And then the second half, the big kahuna, um, inevitably we all have moments in our life. A lot of them. But hopefully you can you can think about one or two that have made a huge impact places, spaces, situation, events. Share that with us. And between you and me, we'll unpack it a little bit, QA it a little bit. And I know for certain the listeners will enjoy and appreciate your share, your story, and the nuggets that come with it. That's the show, man. All right. You ready? I'm, you ready? I'm to, let's let's jump right in and, and get rocking and rolling. Mike Kelly, share with us who you are, what you do, where you're from, what you're all about. So I uh, grew up in Northern
0: Indiana. My parents both grew up in Chicago and they wanted to leave the big city and they were both in retail. So they, um, we did a small town tour of Indiana growing up where my dad ran Ben Franklin stores. Uh, I don't know if you know what a Ben Franklin store is. The, the chain was craft stores. And then you could have a, if you were a franchisee, not one of the corporate stores, you could, it was more like a five and dime, just think a small town general store a lot like what a dollar general would mm. be today. Mm. So, I grew up uh, kind of in that backdrop. There are no child labor laws in the state of Indiana. <laughs> if you're working for your parents, I don't know if you know Especially this. Especially at that time of the year. Uh, uh-huh. So, uh, I grew up working in the business. I was unloading trucks at the age of like eight, and nine, back in the stock room. Uh, grew up in retail, cash register, eventually doing the book, stuff like that. I remember my sister at like Somewhere around like thirteen, fourteen was like doing the taxes for the store and stuff like that. So like we just had this incredible great. business experience oh, that gosh. I, I, I mean, think is just super hard to recreate.
1: You know, besides the fact I had a little thought about like uh, little house on the prairie there. No, moment, no, but but you're a little after that time. But that's such a great experience that no. Well, I did most people don't
0: get you know, we landed in Burn, Indiana, which is a strong Amish community. So I you know, not far from Little House on the Prairie, but we we did not grow up Amish. So I did not I did not have all that. Um, got my first computer when I was 10 or 11 years old, uh, started programming, uh, had written my first kind of like, uh, DOS based operating system by the time I was 12, was writing video games by the time I was 13, 14. These are like text-based RPGs with the jankiest graphics you can possibly imagine. They're, they're fantastic. I found one the other day and started playing it again, uh, with my kids. It's Attaboy. the best, um, And, uh, so we, uh, did that, decided I was in love with computers, ended up going to Indiana Institute of Technology up Hmm. in Fort Wayne, started doing some consulting in software while I was in college, ended up, uh, fell in love with that. And when I got out of college, I started doing consulting all over the country, did that for 10 ish years. Uh, but bunch of different places, and then uh, somewhere in there, towards the end, we moved to Indianapolis so I could get access to a bigger airport as well as start an MBA. What, what year? What year was that approximately? Uh, this would have been like I always mess this up. 2016 ish, fifteen sixteen ish. Okay. No, sure? 2000. Yeah, no, I was that was say, completely you and I go back 2005.
1: To, I was going to say, take 10 years <laughs> off of that. Thank you. Uh-huh. Yeah. About 205, 206. Good catch. We'd uh-huh. started developing uh-huh. develop uh-huh. by
0: then. Uh, 2005, 2006 is, is when we moved here. And uh, then got the MBA, Got uh, actually did a, a tour of duty at Liberty Mutual, which was um, my first management role, which is probably the best place you could ever land for a first-time manager. Because not only was I getting the MBA, Liberty Mutual, companies like that, they invest a lot in first-time managers. And so, I uh, got some killer corporate training from them. Uh, uh, you know, just the, the basics, right? HR and like yeah. how to treat people and what, you know, what your role is within the company. It's fantastic. Uh, got to work with one of the most influential uh, people I ever worked for, Julie Sutter. Um, and uh, did that for a couple of years and uh, Left there, went to a startup here in town called Interactions. That's where I met many of my co-founders uh, at Developer Town. And uh, when Michael Cloran, who was the founder of Interactions, started to leave there, he had this idea for a company called Developer Town. A couple of us jumped and did that with him in 2010. If you'd like to know who we are at Developer Town, it, it goes back to our founding date, which is January first, two thousand ten, which is a binary start date: zero one zero one one zero. Of course, it is. Sure, uh-huh. that's not an accident. That's <laughs> on purpose. That's totally Michael. <laughs> He's gonna be so
1: that I said that. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, I think that's both of you, but you're you're you know I, I like it. That's yeah. a great story to the story.
0: Uh, <laughs> and then uh, and then the Developer Town story started from there, and kind of I call that phase two of my professional career. The first kind of phase was software testing and, and really delivery focused. And the second phase was really learning how business works and how to grow and scale companies, not just products. Uh, and then um, I'll hit some non-work related things somewhere in there. My wife and I got uh, very early in developer town, uh, I think year one or year two, got pregnant with our first son. We lived in Carmel at the time. Uh, not I love Carmel. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Spent a lot of time here. But I um, We wanted to try to recreate that retail store experience that I grew up with. Um, And so really tried hard to think what that would look like for a software developer and a school teacher. And uh, we landed on a farm. So we uh, started a farm a handful of years ago. We raised livestock, uh, quite a bit of it now. Uh, And so we leveraged that as a strategy to teach our kids meaningful work. Mm. Uh, And my son runs a wood business now at the... Old age of ten. He started it when he was eight. Uh, he actually made a couple grand last year. He did really good, um, just selling firewood. Love it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so we're trying to recreate some of that as well. So that's great. Um, love business. Love having a farm. Uh, still a pretty young family. Uh, wife, two kids. Um, several hundred animals, dogs, whatever, like
1: all over the place. Chickens, goats, horses.
0: Sheep, sheep goats pigs turkeys chickens Dude. and bees and that fluctuates somewhat year to year so we don't do chickens every year we probably won't do pigs every year even though we do pigs every year right now we're trying to grow the flock right now so we're really we're clearing pasture for more sheep if you've oh. never cleared pasture in your life it is a humbling backbreaking experience
1: green acres yes. is the right start of it he's got the pitchfork cleared yeah huh yeah so i'm <laughs> To, to be clear, <laughs> kids, I'm, you green acres. There's another thing to add your list of if I, you're if you're under the age of you know 40. Yeah, I'm clearing <laughs> pasture with
0: chainsaws and four wheelers and uh, and stump grinders. And when you're doing that, it's still backbreaking. I'm thinking back to the you know settlers who cleared yeah, this stuff by yeah, hand.
1: Yeah. And I'm just like, there's like they would just eat us a lot. Do you food. ever, you ever, it'd be your old Amish buddies from up north to come on down with their. Uh, Plows and and, and and horses and help you out there. How much I how much land should. you got there? Uh, it's only twenty acres. Only. Uh huh. For says. a farm, that's not. Yeah. No. But still, th- no, no, that's, still, that's still it's great. It's great. That's, you know, the serendipity here, man. I didn't. I you know thought I knew a little bit about you, but but that's certainly. I, I think I may have seen a uh, something that you you had that kind of life. But I love the, the 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 why of the of it. Right back to your childhood, growing up in retail with your dad, and now being on the farm, getting your hands dirty. You know, being in it. You can always drive to the city right and drive yep. you back home, um, and it's funny because we used to live down in Broad Ripple, you know not too far away from yeah. where developer town is, and I swore I'd never move to Carmel. I'd never get a Honda Odyssey I'd never move to the specific part of Carmel I'm in, and you know as the joke goes, you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans yeah and, and <laughs> not only did I do that, I doubled down and you know studioed everything, so yeah but uh, you know, as far as your world goes I, I, I think I'm just going to live vicariously through the farming and maybe you can you know. Send me some pictures about the world you, you you live in, but I love that man, especially knowing what Developer Town's all about. So, so to maybe help people little 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 understand of that, give give us the one on one on Developer Town. What do you guys do? What are you all about? So,
0: Developer Town is a software development consulting company. We work with uh, enterprise companies to help them build and launch new products that can be web, mobile, IoT. We just launched a new data practice, uh, process automation. So basically, if you're looking to <sighs> kind of solve customer facing complex problems, we want to help you do it. And uh, that that's the core Developer Town Consulting Company.
1: Now, I understand that's kind of like the technical read speeds and feed side of it. C- give correct. me the thing that you're also kind of known for, the way that you do it, the <laughs> environment that you do it in. Come on, give us the, the download on that.
0: Yeah. So the reason we're called Developer Town is because we uh, bought a kind of old dilapidated warehouse in Broad Ripple and did a, a little bit of fixing up on it. And then we filled it with a bunch of 8 by 10 houses on wheels. And uh, kind of the story goes, um, we were trying to think about, we knew a consulting, we knew we were going to be a consulting company. And if you've ever worked in a consulting company, you know that teams kind of rearrange dynamically, right? Based on the client that you're working with. And so in a lot of consulting companies, you go in there and there's, they're just these big cube farms and people kind of switch cubes based on the project team that they're working on. And that creates a natural disincentive for people to bring stuff into the office because you're always switching desks and you don't want to, when you move, you don't want to move a bunch of stuff. So, you yeah, you end up finding like a laptop and a couple of books and Mountain Dew cans and that's it. <laughs> and we didn't want that. We wanted to have a different culture mm. And so uh Michael and Nate who is also one of the early founders they were playing around with this idea of like what if you put a cubicle on a on a platform that you could roll around it looks an awful lot like three walls in a in a floor right so uh, I think the story goes uh, whether this is true or a myth who knows uh, Michael was watching a Pixar documentary and it it was the inverse of what we've done so Pixar had this big open space um uh, which is very common now, right? Open, open space concept uh, f- for their developers. They, they were all working around these long tables. And then over in the corner, there were like these two or three little tiny houses that were basically phone booths. So if you needed to take a private call, you go over to one yeah, of these yeah. houses, take a phone call. Yeah. And then Mike saw that and was like, well, they just did it backwards. We're going to do it the other way. And so we created these little, you know, th- with the idea that if you're doing creative work, you need privacy. You need to be able to block out the noise and, and do your thing. Rather than buying $3,000 headphones, to try to simulate that. What if we just gave you a space that was uniquely yours that you could do whatever you want with that would move with you when you move teams. So the consequence of that is we have a bunch of little tiny houses, four walls, roof floor, all that stuff. You get a flip budget. When you get your house, you get to make it yours, paint, flooring, desks, lighting, you name it. Uh, We want you to make it yours. Some people do crazy things like paint the outside of their house, like a raspberry Pi. We have one that goes up and down on a lift system uh hydraulics we have uh one with an in-wall aquarium we have we've had tons of hammocks <laughs> we've had all sorts of stuff um and and we have lots of dogs who come to work because you can put your dog in your little office and nobody's ever going to hear it and it's fine and you know so it's this idea that it's a space that you should want to come into yeah.
1: unlike most
0: yeah. office spaces it's
1: a very cool i was just there last week yeah yeah you weren't uh was there with a. Uh, a couple of folks uh, spent half a day there. Very cool. You can check it out online. You guys do events there, right? You got the the place next door where I know you speak. Yep. Now that COVID's hopefully dissipating, and you get to start that up again hopefully soon. Where you got some in in person networking and speaking events that you guys used to do back in the day. Yeah, we uh, will
0: still host events at Developer Town.
1: We're still laying
0: low this year because yeah, yeah, sure. it's still awkward. Yeah, <laughs> Who yeah, knows what you're you. supposed to do? But uh, but yeah, we, we absolutely plan on still hosting events. And then we have the Speakeasy next door, which is Indiana's first co-working space a- and best. Uh, and uh, they still do a bunch of events. Yeah, they're they're, is, they're rocking like, and rolling. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah.
1: Now, just uh, I, so you 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 mentioned the the software side, the 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 development side. You guys also do investments, and um, is that a part of your world too? I I, you, I always harken back to the days of incubators and accelerators, the CMGIs and all those guys. Right when I was starting off in the gig. Uh, is that part of your equation over there too? Yeah, it is. We made some early mistakes in this business
0: yeah. and you're touching on one of them. Mm-hmm. So, uh, which is we, we did, we didn't think through the brand very well in, in terms of how to segment it over time. So we, we do a lot of things. We affectionately call it nowadays, the family of companies. We have a, we we dabble in a number of different things. We have the core consulting company. We did have a studio, a venture studio uh, that has wrapped up, um, We have a a number of different product companies that uh, SaaS companies that we own and operate. We have a PEO. We have, you know, uh, a a venture arm uh, called Start Something Ventures. So we have a lot of different companies that all kind of derived from developer town. And in the early days we used to get a lot of people would come in and we'd have the speakeasy next door, which is a co-working space. And we'd have us, which we were a little bit more like a venture studio in the early, early days of Developer Town where we'd have companies onsite with us that we were working with. So if you were launching a startup, we'd say, hey, we've got office space, come in. We, this big open warehouse, we haven't hired all these employees yet. Cut, like, come on here and work with us. So you'd walk into Developer Town, you'd see our clients working on site with us, you'd have a co-working space next door. And so everybody just assumed Developer Town was a co-working space. We might've, been able to take in hindsight, maybe we should have taken some measures to protect against that because it's really hard once people get an idea in, in their head of what you do to kind of unpack that. So we're not a co-working space. But then also back in the day, we would invest in some of those companies that we were working with because they were startups and we were a startup. And this is a great way to start the flywheel and get things going. And you're trying to get a business off the ground. And so we invested in some companies. So then it became like, well, you're you're, you're an investment firm. I mean, we're yeah, like, yes, but no, that's not the thing. Uh and so around 2016 we became very serious about this. We actually considered rebranding Developer Town. Uh and I would say it still almost every year comes up as a as a question, should we rebrand? Um but I think it's less of an issue now even though it's still an issue, but no, Developer Town does custom software development for companies to help them build and launch products. And then we have a number of companies that have spun out of Developer Town over the last 10 years that uh do a bunch of other things. Yeah. Great.
1: Well, there's a little, you know, I I did that back in the day at uh, my first software development company, especially when the dot-com thing really took off and those silly people at March 1st kind of ruined it for us all because, you know, everybody's coming to me saying that's a quarter, half a million dollars, you know, no cash equity. And next thing you know, I'm freaking out, investor, incubator, accelerator, and I look at my cash flow, I'm going, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, So I, I, I feel you, I understand it. And, and as Seth Godin, I think famously says, though, if you're not a little embarrassed about, uh, how you started things, you, you probably waited a little too long. So, you know, and I, and I wanted you to say all that because I think for the listeners, it's very important. I think you you, you have an experience and then that context is important because just like you're, when you're 10 years old, working with a cash register, your first love of computer systems, the farm, businesses, software, code, p I mean, you you hopefully we'll, we'll admit, and I'm going to say it for you. You got a, you got a gig, like almost like no other man. You see, you see all sides of the equation. And I just think that's pretty, pretty awesome and, and, and special. And and that's what I think, you know, makes you so unique. No, I I am retired. It's amazing. Right.
0: So like you you ask, like ask yourself what, if you could quit your job right now, if you had a billion dollars and you just be done, what would you do? I'm freaking doing it. I, I have the best job in the world. Like this is exactly what I want to be doing. Yeah. Uh, not every aspect of it every day,
1: but man,
0: the majority well, of it. For and, sure. I, and I will say,
1: cause your picture will be online. You got a little gray in your beard, right? The, the challenge is, And by <laughs> right. the way, I'm 55. I won't out you and ask your age, but uh, I don't have a billion, but, but I'm very fortunate and blessed to be doing. It's kind of why I started the podcast, right? To do what I do. Uh, and I do say this to some young people who come in the studio. I'm, I'm, I told you, I'm, I've got this big workshop with college students coming in. And can you, I look at them, I go, guys, I just want to be very clear. I've worked my ass off for 32 years, <laughs> 32 years. If you only knew the goodness and the hell and all the things, right? So, you know, just don't get ahead of yourself. So I, you've I earned it. I know you've got a great background experience, but, but boy, you know, you just didn't get there overnight. You've, I don't want to make you feel bad, trenches. but I'm only 23 years uh, old. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh-huh, times two uh-huh, <laughs> plus maybe another 10. <laughs> Hey man, uh so life is good. You're good, you 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 know all the things in the world, right? I know you're you're a happy guy, and, and I and I just when you walked out of your house the other day too, I just always see you when I see you. You're smiling, you got a good a good aura about you. And again, I'm Thank gonna you. make you blush. I, I know everybody I've ever talked to about Mike Kelly, you're you're an MVP to a lot of people. Hey man, can you do us a favor? Let's segue into five and ten. Spin the wheel. Let's, let's ask you some of these questions. Spin it. I don't like that. Spin. Okay, come on, yeah. man. So, I was going to say, what was your, your, your hands are tired from riding the motorcycle. Who is that guy? Uh, that's the same one Matt Hunkler got. That's Baby gonna, Iron Man. <laughs> you know, you beat me, jinx, double jinx. I was like, Hunkler just got Baby Iron Man and he, he's the first one to call Baby, spin it again. I don't want you to do Hunkler's questions. <laughs> uh, you're not guessing, kids, it's landed back on Baby Iron Man. One more time. Third time's the charm. <laughs> Otherwise, it's going to be like Pat Sajak and the, and the game's rigged. <laughs> <laughs> just moving over to one of the two guys left or the right your choice i want big hero oh, big hero i always forget who that is <laughs> thank you for telling me that's big i'd be like look at the baby going who is that again oh it's big hero yeah, you're, you're not all right you ready yes all right uh mike kelly um any celebrity crushes i'm gonna go right in let's just jump right in usually i have a warmer upper but uh you know what's your wife's name Amy. 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 This is all, this is business. This is nothing. It's just all legit. By the way, it could be a boy or girl or in this day and age a he, she, they, I don't know what's politically correct, but any celebrity crushes that you, you know, have acquired over the years.
0: I mean, the last celebrity crush that I would talk
1: to with
0: Amy while we were watching movies would be Kate Beckinsale.
1: Ooh, she was the, the woman in the, um, the, the, the vampire one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was that called? Leather pants work work well on her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What was uh, that? That was... Uh, I uh, don't... I can't remember. <laughs> and she has a British accent, too. Yeah, so yeah, she, I yeah, can't, yeah. I can't yeah. remember. It was vampires. And, yeah. And what, what, werewolves and vampires? She's in Van Helsing, right? No. Well, was no, Van her? Helsing was like that kind of movie. It wasn't...
0: That was a different one. That, yeah. No, that was... But yeah, I know what you're talking about, yeah, but yeah. I can't... I I have no memory for All this right, stuff, now, man.
1: Just because Rick Lopper, what what about from the... On a guy level, Who's who you got a man crush on? And don't say Michael Korn, by the way, because I, I mean, right there. outside of the like, <laughs> obvious,
0: like George Clooney, Brad Pitt, like, uh-huh. like, like the perfect specimens. Um, I don't know. I'm, uh, yeah, I mean, Dwayne Johnson, like that dude is every, like, not only is he a physical specimen, but he's like absolutely one of the best human beings from a distance. I don't know him. I've never had a beer with him, but like, seems like he's the guy you want to hang out with. Right. Like. He's going to raise your game. He's going to challenge you
1: competitive in the right way, you know, in like the best ways. Like, man, we all need a little bit of that. So I keep my following on Instagram at, a, at, at low. A lot of people are like, you know, what's, yeah. that's not reciprocal. And I'm like, well, you know, sorry, that's not me. Right. And I would tell you my number one favorite human that I follow on Instagram is Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yeah. And, you know, though, he kind of pisses me off, though, because I'll literally be in bed and he finishes his workout. He's sweating his ass off. He goes to the kitchen. He like he like makes these these pancakes with you know extra this and that. He pours his tequila. What, what's this tequila called? I forget. And I'm literally like in bed 11:30. I'm like screw you, Dwayne. I got to get out of bed and you know work out, drink some tequila and eat some 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 you know syrupy pancakes. But he's fun. He's yeah. got a great character. Um, his his TV show. My wife and I watch the one where he's running for president. Have you seen that? No. Yeah. It's uh it's literally. Him at this age reminiscing about when he was a kid because his dad was a professional wrestler. And so it goes back to the old days of the WWF with the Hulk and and, and all those dudes. Uh! And that was Dwayne's dad. And so half the show is him reminiscing. The other half is he's building up to run for president of the United States of America. That's the TV show. It's a cute little show. But I like that one. By the okay. way, two for two on that one. All right. It, you know, not that... You Do know, what I can. I'm playing favorites. Um, next one up. If you were to find yourself changing careers and you actually became a teacher, a teacher, be that in high school or college or wherever, what would you like to teach?
0: Well, I taught a computer science class at a college up in Fort Wayne. Uh, I taught software testing for a minute. Um, So I don't know. I'd probably teach. Well, nowadays I, I can't code to save my life, so I'd probably teach business. I'd probably be like an adjunct at a university and teach entrepreneurship, business, something about what we do every day?
1: I would dig it because you, you, you you probably mentor and coach people on that. It's kind of what I'm doing Pretty, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, now you might get
0: extra paid for it. Yeah. Huh? You know, the, the the evil hack about coaching other people uh, when, when you mentor someone is that they provide you an opportunity to see what you're screwing up in your own business. Uh, and so, a lot of cases and people don't get this when I, when I offer my time to like, you know, sit down with somebody and talk to them about what they're struggling with. is like when I'm listening to you talk about your business, I'm running it through the filter of what I'm struggling with. And it's easy for me to see it in you and give you advice. It's hard for me to see it in myself. And so, I suspect teaching is a lot like that as well, where when you're, and actually you must do this all the time, where you're like constantly going back to these basics.
1: And then it's like, oh, yeah, right.
0: I'm not doing that.
1: Like, I'm not doing that. I need to get back to those basics. It's just blocking and tackling. Don't tell my clients because they still have to pay me, but I'm always learning from them. Yeah. And to your point in that dialogue, you know, I'm getting reciprocity. Yeah. Big time. But yes, they still have to pay me. (laughs) (laughs) It's a quid pro quo on the right appropriate level. But absolutely, man. I mean, it's it's a big reason why we have the podcast. I mean, I was sitting there, especially during the pandemic going, I, I was, able a lot on zoom calls, but talk with great people. And then, you know, we were compliant. I had people in the studio. I'm just like so many great conversations, so many great people, I you know, talk about privilege. I just felt that the world could listen in on, you know, if, if people are flying the wall yeah. to, to your point, because we're always, if you ain't learning and growing, you're dying. Right. And, and, you know, they say coach without a coach is a liar. That's why I have three and a half coaches and I do I, uh spiritual and, and almost like more of a physical and then, and then business and then life. Who's, and, who's the half coach there? An online program that I've been involved with for about three years. Right on. A guy out of LA. Yeah. It's all, it's all kind of more of a gamification, kind of an online thing. Yeah. He pushes my buttons. He knows who he is out there if he's listening to the show. And, and, you know, again, I'm not here to promote coaching or anything like that because I think at the end of the day, if you're a good person and, and somebody like you, you're always, whether you call it coaching or mentoring, right. Helping others and paying it for it and all that good stuff. So this is a popular question. It's a four-parter if you got to write this one down, oh but you goodness. heard this before, right? What is your favorite cookie, snack when you're watching uh, your, your, oh, I, I shouldn't say this TV show because we, we talked about that one. It's cookie, snack, beverage, and type of meal. Cookie, snack, beverage, type of meal.
0: It's almost too easy. I'll be All the right. judge of that. Cookie is going to be an Oreo cookie.
1: Dude,
0: way to go! The all premiere. these, all these
1: bougie kind of funky. You just going right for the classic, or can I ask you? Yeah, do you eat it complete, or do you do you twist it off, suck Dep- on the the the, the filling? Depend- How do you do it? Depends on what's happening, man. There's no right or wrong way to eat an Oreo. Depends on what's happening. I dig that too. Yeah.
0: Milk, milk, a little Duncan. yeah. Oreos with milk are, are are peak, but it doesn't have to have
1: milk to be delicious. <laughs> yeah. Oreo's. Do you yeah. like do you like both? Yeah, yeah. Have you noticed lately how many flavors of Oreo cookies there are? I'm I
0: stick you, to the classic. Actually, I know, uh, but have you had the red velvet one? You want something a little life-changing. Uh-huh. Uh, my wife has a gluten allergy. So she can't eat the Oreo cookie. Oreo has recently come out with a gluten-free cookie. It is
1: darn near impossible to tell the difference. It's really good. Gluten's Turning it up, man, because I'm not I, I don't mind it. My wife's pretty tries to stay. And I've been I've been I've been literally seeing a bunch of good gluten free stuff coming out. I have not done the Oreos. I'll have to add you have to month. try. them. Yeah. But yeah. believe it or not, I'm more into the vanilla Oreos these days. Yeah. And, and I like the red uh, the red velvet. I, n- nothing you're
0: saying can I cannot process into normal everyday <laughs>
1: or is, what is wrong with you you're like I can't hear you yeah, I'm I just like good old regular what are you Oreo saying Oreo cookies right okay now. yeah man I respect that stick to what you know best and do best I dig it alright next one up
0: so uh, in the snack category I'm gonna go with like tried and true just like simple popcorn if I'm hankering for something like a little salty a little crunchy just popcorn pop some popcorn life is good can be microwave, could be stovetop, not super picky about that. Light butter, not heavy butter, um, just popcorn.
1: So are they still there in Broad Ripple popping up or uh, just popping? Yeah, they're at the airport. Mm-hmm, it's okay that you say that. But uh, Garrett's, you ever had Garrett's? The 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 cheddar uh, caramel mix? Uh, isn't that like a Chicago mix? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Chicago mix, that's cheddar. That's, a, that's, a that's the name favorite. of popcorn. it. And then the popcorn in it is a blend of cheddar and, and caramel. Yeah. And that's called the Chicago mix. That's great. Right on. Yeah. But I got to forewarn you, watching that, like when you're watching TV, your hands literally get, get caked in ooey gooey oil and stickiness. It's, it's you know, it's it's hard to, to kind of enjoy it because you're always like, shit, my hands are just caked in. Yes. Stuff. Yes. But it's damn fine and tasty. Way better than just microwave popcorn. We could have a whole show on popcorn, but we won't. Next question. Whiskey. Whiskey. All of it. Any Whiskey. type. It's really? so
0: good. Whiskey? Yes. Any You've any, had any, it? Any, any brown any liquid, drinks? normally served <laughs> in small amounts in a, in a small glass. I told you I got I spent half my life in Louisville, dude. I'm, I'm looking at some <laughs> yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah. You
1: know, I got clients who are like, hey, can I pay you in bourbon instead of cash? I'm like, well, how about both? Yeah, no, I um the older I've gotten, I love the taste of bourbon. I do, but I've got to tell you, man, one kind of half snifter bourbon, and I it's not like I'm drunk or anything. But literally the next day, I feel like I was drinking more than I was. That just means you're not drinking enough. I would also agree with you on that one. I was down in Florida with my brothers for a few days and we drank a lot of it. And I somehow felt way better than when I was <laughs> would have a snifter. I swear to God, I'm not, kids, I'm not making this up. I, about a week later, I'm diagnosing myself going, maybe the problem is I'm just not drinking enough when I feel like I've had too much to drink and I have only literally like had a half a shot of bourbon. PSA, don't listen yeah. to anything you've said <laughs> in the last
0: five minutes. It's all lies.
1: If you're going to drink bourbon, you got to drink it enough to. Yeah. Uh, and that's why I like tequila. Tequila right now is my jam. It's just, uh, you know, the next day. And it's not like I'm making this sound like, <laughs> like I'm a freaking know, drunk and I'm bathing in booze. Do, but, you n- know. do you know what I like about that? It's not trendy
0: yet. At least, it, I mean, I think it's starting to get there. Tequila, Yeah, yeah. But I, I like that you're onto the thing that is not like overblown and over the top and like ridiculous. Yeah, because let's be clear. Whiskey right now. Oh God, is uh, over the top.
1: Do you know how many bourbon distilleries there are in the Metro Louisville uh, area, Seriously. Ready? 15. 2,100. What? That's the stat I was given, man. That's insane. It is insane. In Does, the Metro that, area, that doesn't even doesn't even comprehend. It's twelve. It, it, it was. It was. Uh, yeah. Yeah all of a sudden when i say it again out of my face it sounds like god that's unfathomable i know you're you're saying that is it 12 it's a lot it's 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 triple if not quadruple digits like like mind-blowingly bananas. incredible bananas there could be a, there could be a bourbon named bananas <laughs> Yeah. So, so I, I dig the bourbon. I do, you like it neat, straight up on the rocks, uh, mule, mule, Rob Roy, Tom Collins, whatever the hell, all that no, stuff. No, no. none of up, the, no. get yeah, out of here. <laughs>
0: uh, it depends on the whiskey, whether or not you're going to take it with a little water with some ice, or if you're going to take it neat, it all depends on what you're drinking.
1: It is Friday. You got to have one of those tonight when you get back to when the home. When I get home. Yeah. a yeah. boy. I like it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to, let me follow that. You know what? I'm going to take your advice. And and since I'm kind of you know got no plans this weekend, I'm, I'm yeah. gonna go with the, That's right. I just haven't been been doing enough bourbon. I'm yeah. gonna keep doing it. I, I, and I know what, how nope. I'm gonna do it. Nobody likes a quarter. I, I, I am <laughs> gonna make. Uh, uh, they're called uh, uh, Kentucky mules, right? When it's bourbon and and uh, ginger beer, as opposed to Moscow mules, maybe. You, I, see, you're 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 a purist. I don't you do mixed drinks. I get. It. I like it. I mean.
0: I do. I'll drink whatever you put in
1: front of me, but no, no, yeah. I'm not mixing them. No, no. I have no idea. And, and by the way, kids, in case you didn't know this, all those mixed drinks, we put like Cuba Libres and all that's what screws you up because that's what dehydrates all that sugar from all that, all those, all those mixers. Yeah. Even margaritas. If you're going to drink tequila and oh. you, go, you want a margarita, you got squeezed and fresh any of that syrupy crap. No, that's what, that's what, that's what, that's what screws you over. <laughs> yeah. Take it from Dr. Abbott here. It's, Care? It's I thought it was sugar. the half bottle of booze. I was no, 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 no. The alcohol is not the problem. <laughs> well, it, it be. If, 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 if I feel like we need another PSA on this one, but don't, don't listen to Kelly and Abbott here, everybody it, in, in moderation, everything. All right. Last question, meal type of meal, Speaking tacos, of, I was going to say, speaking of tequila, tacos, 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 man. Any kind of, so, you any, know, the magic kind of the taco is it is a
0: platform for goodness in all forms. You can do the breakfast taco. You can do the street taco. You can do like
1: the bougie over the top taco. Like tacos are just good nothing bad about a taco. I
0: agree. I
1: agree. Tonight, we're going to Convivio. Yes. Shout out to Andrea, man. We're going to see you. Hopefully I get my special little table. But uh, next to uh, next to Mexican and tacos, I'm uh, I'm Jones and on some Italian and, and Convivio. Andrea was on the show. He gave me a bottle of Sambuca. He was giving me shit that I was pouring that that, you know, classic Sambuca that I grew up with uh, Uzo. Right. And he's like, dude, that does not date to Scott, and he went to literally his home country from Italy, and he brought me a classic I'll show it to you when you leave. Right on. It's really, really like usually like. In fact, if you listen to Scott's episode, right, I put a little sambuca in. I put a little special mixture that I have, and he said I had a a, a a new job as a barista, so I got that going for me in case everything else falls apart, which has happened before. All right, last question: If you had a yacht, and I know we live in this landlocked town of Indianapolis, but if you had a yacht. Maybe if you gave your motorcycle a name, what would your yacht name be? Hmm. I
0: mean, I'd probably have to pick some obscure reference from a punk band and go with something like West End Riot or Ruby Soho, or like I'd it'd be it basically be a song from a punk band. Are, are you 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 old school punk guy? Clash. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, on the on the ride here, I uh, was listening to Offspring, Rancid, No Effects. Yeah, baby.
1: You know it's coming to town. They're not punk punk, but violent femmes are coming in about a month and a half. Add it up. Remember the femmes? I mean, it's not punk punk at all. I didn't oh, I don't know. It's got a little <laughs> They're back, adjacent back. They're there's an adjacent I'm play. Just you crap. Kids, you know, you, you know, in fact, the other night, I was I was I was having my Scott Abbott's a 50-something-year-old millennial, and Instagram wouldn't let me post it. I was playing Add It Up by the Femmes, and I was I was I was, you know, in my car. I just finished a workout. And, and literally, they come back and say, uh, you're using somebody's music that's copyrighted. I was like, How the hell do they know that? I was like, this is a great little post. and My kids are making fun of going down. You should be posting. I don't this know. This isn't TikTok. You know not that this, kind of guy. but there's software
0: companies now that write algorithms that, you know, can basically. Software. Pre- yeah, yeah,
1: Algorithms. Yeah, mm. they can determine what mm. everything that's mm. in. There. On this thing called the internet, yeah. I've heard. Yeah, that, yeah, The famous Homer Simpson, the internet. That's still around. <laughs> Mm code. You know something about that, don't you? All right. Bonus question. Speaking of the violent films, I just feel like I have to go here, man. If you were, do you guys do you guys do some, probably some karaoke down there at developer town for shits and giggles? uh, you see, you did this one with Hunkler and I got nothing here, and I'm not singing. That's not gonna happen. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do a twist on you. Okay. If if you were in the shower, what song would you sing? I wanna conquer the world by bad religion. How's it go? <laughs> I'm not <doing> it. <laughs> Bad Religion?
0: Yeah, baby. Dude, classic.
1: Yeah. I don't think I've heard somebody mention Bad Religion's name and since I listened to Bad Religion
0: 20 you know what, years ago. You know what's fun is to try to think of walkout music, uh, whether you are like walking out to, you know, to bat at a ball game or if you're going to walk out for a UFC fight or if you're going to walk like just think like what would you play that mm. both represents you as well as get you fired up, mm. right? Like. That makes you want to go, If so let's go with UFC, makes you want to go beat somebody's head in, right? Like, it is putting you in the mindset to go
1: kill. That's that's well, what you do? Yeah, what is that? Do you do you code like that, by the way? Because because we were talking with with Scott Jones about that. He puts on his headset. Do you do, did you be, know that about him? Let's be clear. He cranks, he cranks heavy anymore. metal, hard rock music without lyrics. I'm like, that's so, like, you know,
0: you surprising. I mean, once you're in flow, you can't hear the... You can't hear
1: the words anyway, right? Well, that's what his whole point is. I yeah. can't. The words will flow me off the flow, but but he's like, I want heavy metal, no no lyrics. Okay, that's not me, man. I actually believe it or not, I love all music, rock and roll. Um, you know, concert hall, uh, blues, you know, I like to clean little hip hop, you know, old school hip hop back in the day, Nelly, you know, Do you know what I,
0: uh, this is, this is fun for the kids. So, uh, a couple years ago I started watching billions, which is one of the best TV shows in history uh-huh. and, uh, Axe is very into, uh, heavy metal. So Metallica yeah. and, um, Megadeth and stuff like that, which I had not listened to since I was literally like 12 years old. And it, so I like, I dabbled in it again and started listening to it yeah. again. And like, it is, it's pretty well, I, I like I, well, I, I,
1: I did like, you know, what was that? Uh, the, 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 the glam rock days of, you know, Motley Crue and Van Halen no, and those kind of things. None of that. By the way, uh, off mic, we got to talk about, I bailed on billion. B- b- uh, I bailed on that show. I know. And you're like, everybody and their uncles told me you didn't hang in there long enough. And I bailed. I thought we could be friends. <laughs> How, did, for the start i mean it wasn't like ted lasso man oh, I mean, ted no. lasso had us from from beginning It was also to yummy and, nothing and glorious no yeah i bailed man i bailed on the fourth fifth episode sorry it's all right not, it's uh, not okay, for everybody okay. okay sorry sorry everybody another strike against me mike kelly thanks for playing <laughs> five and ten man all right we're gonna take this little break uh from our buddies at 90.io we'll be right back wait with no no well, i'm gonna do the promo oh, for ninety. okay yeah Oh, that's right. Little, little little serendipity I'm
0: ambushing you here. So (laughs) I don't know if you know this. uh, A couple of years ago, you and I were at a coffee shop grabbing breakfast and you mentioned this little software company called 90 that people who were implementing EOS were using. And I was like, well, I want to (laughs) implement EOS. I need software to do that. It would help our team. So without telling you anything, I went and signed out for 90. This was like three years ago, four years ago. We've been using it ever since at uh, Fullstack. And uh, it is a fantastic way to keep the team on the same page, communicating on a regular basis about the things that are not in the daily business, but you know, more strategic. Love the dashboards for KPIs, and uh, you know, how do we roll up this bigger view so everybody in the company can see what's going on? Man, it's awesome! Oh,
1: and, and all for a whopping twelve bucks a month per seat. <laughs> Yeah. I yeah, sorry, I, I had yeah. to put that plug in there, but uh, oh, I didn't know no, like that. An Thanks, authentic man. Authentic referral in the wild. Yeah, hey, Team Ninety, did you hear that? Uh huh. Let's let's give this some glorious uh, love from from Mike Kelly, who who knows a thing or two about great software. Yeah, it's good. That was phenomenal. Thanks, man. But I'm still going to let them play this commercial. <laughs> we'll be right back. Today's episode is sponsored by my good friends at Ninety. 90 is a super powerful but incredibly affordable cloud-based software as a service solution that provides the essential business building and awareness tools that your company needs to help you effectively learn, leverage, and benefit from the entrepreneurial operating system, also known as EOS. The clean, easy to use, and extraordinarily intuitive 90 solution includes all of the foundational EOS tools that you need to not only run great on EOS, but to help you empower EOS throughout your entire organization. EOS is awesome, but incorporating it across your entire business can sometimes overwhelm even the best of us. And that's why our friends at 90 are absolutely obsessed with making sure that every EOS tool is simple to find easy to use and captures all of the primary data that your team needs to hit on average 90% of their rocks, their measurables, issues, and to-dos. To learn more and to get a free 60-day trial, visit 90.io. That's N-I-N-E-T-Y dot Oakley, Dokley. Mike and I are still giggling about the, uh, I don't know if that's what we would call a professional segue in the business, but I'm not a professional podcaster and, uh, I don't really know what the hell a segue is anyhow. So, but all that said, Hey, it's great to get to know you up front in five and 10 and the intros. Now it's time for the big kahuna. Inevitably, Mr. Kelly, we all have moments, times, places, spaces, people, events, that make a big impact. Could you share one or two of those with us and let's hear what happened and, and, uh, and a takeaway lessons learned and I'm sure our listeners will love your share. So what do you got, man? I have a choose your own adventure option Mm. for you. Mm. Mm.
0: Would you like to hear? I was told there was going to be no math in this show. Would you like to hear about the day that I fell in love with sales? Would you like to hear about when I broke my back and how that impacted my performance as a leader? would you like to hear about deep childhood scars that have propelled me forward in entrepreneurship? Or would you like to hear about a suicide hotline?
1: Um, d all of the above. No, we
0: ain't got time for that.
1: Do you know? know, Yeah, I know. Well, you know, (laughs) by the way, when I first designed the show, it was 35, 40 minutes. Our average has been like 80 minutes, but, but you know, we got thousands and thousands of listeners. They all seem to kind of dig it. So we're not changing. Um, What do you want, everybody? Phone in. (laughs) Sometimes I feel like we're on a radio show. Phone in. Let us know which one of those four options you want from Mike. Hey, hey, you know what? So in prepping for this- Dealer's choice, man. Now,
0: see, this is the problem. In prepping (laughs)
1: for this, as Uh the
0: person who you ask to come on with a little humility and stuff, like. it's hard Uh to think about, like, what's the thing I would share? And so last night, uh, because I was doing a little show prep, I was thinking through, like, what are the, not just the things that were impactful, but were impactful and have a good,
1: like, memorable- (laughs) Right, i i got i got a way to answer it okay all right um how old are you again uh 42 i think 42 so so think back to the 27 year old mike kelly yes check of the four moments which one would make the biggest impact on the 27 year old michael kelly Hmm.
0: so let, let's do the suicide hotline because that one's fast. And that was almost around the 27-year-old Michael, Ke- Michael Kelly, which is why I remember it. So in my early 20s, I went, this was uh, when I was in college and we were doing some consulting. Um, I worked at uh, an insurance company up in uh, Northern Indiana and I was doing some software testing for them. And uh, I was placed in a group with a guy named Michael Lynch. And um, Mike was, and I don't want to out him here, but he was in his 50s at the time, I think, early 50s. And uh, this was his first programming job ever, uh, was was a, a part of this group. And, and he and I got paired up and I'm still in college. So clearly I have no idea what I'm doing. He has no idea what he's doing. We're going to figure it out together. And uh, Mike's career before deciding he wants to do programming is he had spent his entire life War, working for and running the suicide hotline in Northern Indiana. Started working on the phones, right? Picking up when people are calling and, uh, you know, eventually worked his way up the ranks and was the CEO of, of the suicide hotline. And then, you know, in his 50s, he's kind of like, look, I'm like, this is heavy. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I'm ready for something else. I want to do something else and decided to pick up programming. And, uh, and this was an awesome experience for me getting the chance to work with him. And I remember one day um, we were going out to lunch together in his convertible and the top is down and the sun is shining. And uh, I'm complaining about something, some drama in my life. And, uh, and I, I said something like, yeah, I just need to get up. I, like, I just need to shake it off, get over it. <laughs> By the way, there's a theme in my life, which is repressing emotion. It, it will come back again and again. It's kind of a thing that I do. And, and Mike was seeing this real time, like just me rep- trying to repress my emotions and and he's like, no, no, man, talk about it. Let it out. And I'm like, no, this is like like this is a this is the most first world of first world problems. Like, no, this is not worth airing out. And he's like, no, you don't understand how this works. I'm like, break it down for me. He's like, okay. If you work for a suicide hotline for 20 plus years, 20, 30 years, here's what you learn. Anybody who calls in, and it, it could be for the most ridiculous of things. My boyfriend broke up with me. Um, I crashed my dad's car. I uh, got fired from my job. I it could be for very heavy things. I, I was diagnosed with cancer. My mom was diagnosed with cancer. The, you know, like, like it, he's like, what you quickly understand is that for the person who's on the other end of the line, there's a set of chemicals being released and a set of emotions associated with that. And for them at this time, right now, no matter what context you try to put about around it this is the most important traumatic damaging thing that could have possibly happened in their life it's the number 1 and he's like you and, and he's like if you took like a brain scan and you know this is not scientifically proven what i'm about to say but this, you know just him trying to make a point right like if you t- like in theory if you took a brain scan of that person and tested their chemicals and whatnot, and compared that to this other, you know, maybe somebody with a trivial problem who's calling in, what you would perceive as a trivial problem, by the way, because it's not to them, they want to take their own life. And compare that to somebody who has a, what you would perceive as a non-trivial problem, you, you, what you would find is a person in the exact same state, the exact same heightened state. They're feeling the same thing. They're, you know, their they're pulse is high. They're like, they're, they have tunnel vision. They're just not seeing the world clearly. And he's like, what you, what? this very quickly teaches you is you can't gauge the pain that other people feel. You can't gauge suffering because suffering is incredibly personal. And so what you have to recognize is when you're interacting with the other, whoever the other is, that they've got a list of things that are happening in their life that are important to them on a scale that you can't see. It's invisible to you. And so when somebody comes to you showing trauma or showing emotion or showing like you can't trivialize it on their behalf. You can't engage with them and say, yeah, but Scott, you know, that's not important. Like you have clean water. You have a roof over your head. Did you see your car? Like you're fine, buddy. Doesn't work that way. Because to Scott in that moment, at that time, this is the worst thing. Like this is worse than all of those other things disappearing for him right now. Context doesn't matter. Those emotions are context independent. This, for me, like this, actually, this conversation was like scarring in a good way for me. Like this, this burned itself into my memory. I've thought about this. I've replayed this in my head hundreds of times. And the thing that it, it really stuck with me from this is, you know, as a manager with employees, as somebody in a sales role who's trying to interact with another to help move them forward in a process, as a husband, as a dad, as a, you know, like in all, there's no relationship you have in your life where this lesson is not important that when you meet the other, you need to, like, this is a real reminder. You need to meet them where they're at and you can't project your view of priorities in the world and context on top of them. You got to get that from them. You got to let them share it and you will have zero ability to influence them in whatever way you want to as a dad, as a prospect, you know, as a boss, as a partner, Unless you're doing that, all right. That's my that's my first one.
1: So a couple of things come to mind. Um, love the story. Um, I think it it correlates to some expressions we we hear um, that are kind of commonplace. Um, but as my dad likes to say, common sense is not so common. It doesn't mean that I get it right. I see you. That's an expression we're yeah. hearing a lot, right? Um, I feel you. Even though you know, sympathy, empathy. Those are those are kind of you know more words than reality. Um, And then if you look at what's going on in society today, right? The dynamics around the isms, and I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, And the challenges with, you know, I think three pillars of trust are authenticity, logic, and empathy. And I think today because of the internet and social media, I think sadly it seems that, you know, authenticity is being manipulated. Empathy is being pandered to and and logic's kind of getting, you know, hosed. Um, so, so it's a big challenge, man. I mean, I hear you, I see you and I'm not saying that to be cute. Um, but, but you also know there's a, I don't want to bring generations in here, right? You've also heard suck it up buttercup. You you know, to your point, you started your share with, you know, be that as it may that you feel that way. We got work to do, right? We got to go, you know, we got to go get paid. We got to, we got to, you know, all that stuff. Have you found, or do you have since that moment in your life do you have a framework? Do you have a, I don't want to call it a hack, but do you have a, a strategic or a tactical way that you ensure that not only you live up to what you just said, you're always mindful of that, but those around you, I mean, do you make this a part of your value system? Is this embedded in the in the way Mike Kelly looks at the world?
0: I mean, it's certainly, uh, it, it, it at the best of times, this is what you're always aspiring to, right? is to make sure, and this is like, a, this has been said more simply in things like Crucial Conversations, right? With Make It Safe, one of the foundational tenets, right? Like first thing you got to do, establish safety, right? Then establish shared purpose. Then, establish, you know, like, and then it just builds off of that, but it starts with safety, right? And so that, um, you know, in my best moments, when I am aware of the
1: other and not just thinking about me, then that, that is absolutely what I'm trying to do. Do you, right? do, you know, cause, cause I'm with you, right. And I do a lot of sessions that it gets pretty damn heated. And by the way, thank you for being, you know, I, I push people's buttons. I'm being transparent and vulnerable entering the danger zone. You know, I'm not a, you know, PhD in therapy. I play one on TV as the joke goes right. And I have a lot of tears and emotions and, and frustrations and all that stuff. And I do believe that you gotta get there and I don't go all like, you know, crazy and have shiny objects and try to, you know, do things to people that they don't want to do. But, but I have found that the more vulnerable and, and to your point, the more rules based you are back to crucial conversations, right? That's both a book and a formula in case people didn't know that out there. That's great in both personal lives and and work lives. Right. But when you, when you agree to those terms is my point, even though it feels a little weird, we're agreeing to terms on our conversation. Yes. uh huh. We're, we have rules and when we when we agree to those rules, believe it or not, we're able to go to deep places and sometimes dark places and scary places that we don't want to go because by doing that hopefully we come out of it better sometimes not so, but more often than not, my experience is we do and and I'm hearing you say you would agree, yeah, I would agree do you um you know the 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 studios over at tattoo parlor by the way, and you know, I often ask my I guess let's if, let's go if you really believe well I've got two that are being made when I see you um actually on uh the time this airs. Yeah. I'm, I'm not doing, well, I shouldn't say the one downstairs. I, I've been going a guy up the street, but uh, do you, do you embed that in your life is where I'm going? Is this something that you've tattooed? Do you have insignia? Or is this again, back to you just, you, you have this experience, you had that experience and you, you for the most part are mindful of being mindful of that other person, irrespective of how you feel. They feel that way. This is their biggest issue. This is their world. And, and, um, and, and, you know, it's just the way it is.
0: So I mean there's there's two answers to that, right? One is um there's a I'll I'll take my relationship with my son. I, I have my wife uh, often reminds me I have two of them. <laughs> the one that I'm most uh, actively coaching is my ten year old. Five year olds don't need a yeah, lot of yeah. coaching. <laughs> take some time. They see the world perfectly. Actually, they kind of do see the world uh-huh, perfectly. Uh-huh. Uh they're not screwed up yet. Um So when I interact with my 10-year-old, there's two ways that I think about this. So there's a version of a dad that can show up, which is trying to um, help my son process and deal with an experience. So when I'm doing that, I'm listening for context and what's important to him and where this is in his you know a uh, level of emotion and um, you know things that are happening so that I can help him navigate it and guide 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 him through it that's a that's a great like little example of if i'm it, whether it's my my kid, a partner an employee, whatever like if i if I'm w- helping them work through a problem, like I am very actively trying to help gauge that understand it and see if I can help them navigate it. but there's another version uh, which could be where I'm trying to manipulate my son to do a thing. Which has nothing to do with him. It's all about me. Let's be clear. I'm I'm a dad. I want certain things, so I'm going to manipulate him to do those things, just like we all do with everybody in our lives all the time. So, in that version, if I truly want to be an effective influencer, which is influence is the polite business way of saying manipulation, or or the word coach versus
1: manipulation. Could, but I, but I like that you said that correct. because let's you know, call it whatever you will, right? Yeah. Because it could come off as a bit of a pejorative, but the reality is it is. Quote, unquote, manipulation. Yep, totally. <laughs> So, if I want to
0: influence him or, some, or anybody else to, to move in the direction I want them to move, I also need to understand this or else I might be pushing them in the wrong direction. It, you have to be able to understand which way the winds are blowing to put a sail in the right place to move the ship in, in the right direction. Yeah. Anybody who just steps into a situation and starts pushing without understanding which way the winds are blowing is potentially causing more harm than good and going to get the opposite effect on what they want. So, you can look at this little scarring experience in a couple of different ways, and I do. Um, it really has given me a little bit of the secret sauce to how do you enter into a relationship with another and understand them so that you can influence them as well as potentially provide them with empathy, really understand what they're going through, not trivialize it, not run it through your filters of what should be painful, but understand that it's running through theirs.
1: Love it. Love it. And and years ago, somebody taught me kind of the three rules of, of good leaders. Number one is understanding, right? You know, listen, get your head around it. Don't jump to conclusions, right? You know, get under the cover, so to speak. Number two is, um, you know, stay in the flow, keep momentum. Not everything's screwed up. You don't have to come in and say, I know better. And number three is, yes, we hired you for experience and expertise to help make things better. So understanding, momentum and progress and literally in that order. Right. And I, and I find the correlation there with what you just said as well. And I think again, to your point, And I love, I love frameworks and formulas that work both in business and life. Um, and I think you, you hit the nail on the head there. Um, I'm looking at the clock, man. Do you, do you think we can tuck in one more of your other moments? I mean, we, we have three more hours, man. We're okay. <laughs> A- Amy, Amy said you, you don't have to be home until seven o'clock tonight. Uh, three hours. We can rock them all out. Uh, okay. No, look. you're, you're like, you're like Hunkler. You're teasing all of us. You're going to have to come back.
0: Let, let's do it. Let's do the, the day I fell in love with sales because yeah. I, I think this is also there. It's like double-sided, um, in, in terms of, uh, the, the message here. So let's do it. All right. I'm going to paint a picture. Uh, I'm twenty seven. um, been doing independent consulting for a couple of years. Um, Still, uh, maybe I just moved to Indianapolis um, and I had fallen in with a, oh yeah, I definitely moved to Indianapolis because I I fell in, in with a little consulting group, commercial real estate consulting group here in Indianapolis and met a gal named Tama Huang as part of that organization. Tama ended up buying the company and grew it and exited and is an amazing human being who still lets me hang with her. Um, and, uh, and Tama at the time uh, was still hustling, trying to grow the business. This was in the super early days. Um, commercial real estate, you may or may not know this, Chicago has a lot of commercial real estate companies there. A little bit of a hub in the Midwest for commercial real estate. So she did a lot of work there. She called me one Monday and she's like, hey, later this week on Thursday, I'm meeting with the CIO of this REIT up in Chicago and it's a technical thing. We want to move data centers. We want to do a bunch of different things. And I need somebody who actually understands the bits in the room to answer the questions. Uh, because if the CIO asks me questions, I'm not sure I can answer them. I'm like, Tama, what do you need? When do I need to be there? Well, let's go do this. So she's like, great. And you just drive up first thing in the morning, our meetings at eight o'clock. We're going to get them before a bunch of people get in the office. It'll just be the three of us. We're going to talk through this, this deal see if we can lock this up. Like, great. Good. So get up at, you know, 5am drive to Chicago. I'm wearing my, wearing my jacket. All fancy. Got uh, it. Got it. I uh, probably had a sure. tie. Yes. Mm-hmm. At that time, I probably had a tie uh, <laughs> waiting down in the lobby of this, uh, you know, skyscraper. And I get the text message from Tama that says, I, I can't be there. I missed my train. I'm not going to be there. You're, you're flying solo. Better up. And I'm like, wait, what? No, no, you're, you're going to be here. She's like, I, I'm not going like, I, I love that you want me there. I'm not going to be there. You have to take this meeting. We can't reschedule it. This. this
1: wasn't the days where you could whip out your mobile phone and she could join she you turned, by uh video. Out, yeah. It yeah, turns uh, out. Uh, yeah. Zoom was not a thing. No.
0: So, um uh, I'm like, okay, put on my big boy pants. I got this. I can do this, do anything. And, uh, and so head up to the office, meet with the CIO, uh, very pleasant guy. He, I'm like, hey, Tom is not going to be able to join us, uh, but I'd still love to talk through kind of the, you know, the, the challenges with the current data center, what you're looking to, you know, what you're looking to accomplish with the move. How can we help? Great conversation. We talk about security. We talk about this is, and by the way, this is like pre-AWS. There's no like cloud. You're still physically moving physical data centers, right? Um, potentially unracking devices, putting them in boxes, and shipping them. Uh, so we're talking through all this stuff. Um, talk a little bit about some other opportunities in the company, upsell them on some things. At the end of this, he's like, yeah, send me a proposal. I I think this all works. This sounds great. Uh, so I like internal high five, go downstairs, uh, do my little happy dance in the lobby, call Tama. And I'm like, hey, I think we got it. He wants a statement of work. We want it. He wants to do X, Y, and Z. And she's like, she's like, oh, awesome. Great. I'll, I'll whip that up. Can you review it when I'm done drafting it? I'm like, yeah, we'll we'll do it. So, send the statement to work. We landed the deal. At the moment that this happened, this was not a moment to momentum. The moment, I mean, it was cool. It was my first deal that I sold that was not me. So, Mm -hmm. before this, I was an independent consultant. It's entirely different to sell yourself than it is to sell a a team, a firm, right? A product. Selling yourself for a lot of people is really easy because- turns out, you know, you, you know, the product selling other things. There's a whole lot of head trash that can get in the way. There's a whole lot you know, like there's a a lot of complexities to that, that, that jam up early salespeople. So this was one of my very first, like I sold a thing Mm -hmm. that wasn't me sale, which that was kind of cool. But there's a realization that sunk in years later. And Tom and I have never talked about this, but I'm pretty sure she did not miss her train and I'm, Pretty sure, and and I know Tama really well now. She knew all the bits. She didn't need me in that room. This was a setup, man. She set me up. She purposefully put me in that room at that time under false conditions to see if I would rise to the room, right? To see if to see if I would step up and, and get the deal done. I don't even know if she pre-planned this with the CIO. It's possible. I don't think that happened, but it is absolutely. She's like she's that devious uh, that she would do that. And so you think about. Why would she do that? And, and we've been friends uh, for years now. We've worked together multiple, multiple times in multiple different capacities. Uh, she's, she's one of my lifelong mentors. So, like, it, it is this moment that cemented that relationship. So think about that small investment that she made. She risked potentially a, I don't even know, 40 grand, 60 grand project, right? Like in hindsight, you hear these numbers. Like, again, it's my first sale. It's a big deal. You hear that number now and you're kind of like, oh, she didn't really risk that much. But because um, she could have also just said, yeah, sorry, I missed the meeting. What did you guys talk about? And she could have rescued it probably, right? But she took a little bit of risk built me up in my mind and my capabilities, allowing me to do a little bit more than I thought I could do, make me a little bit uncomfortable in a relatively safe environment. This is a home run for me. Like this is, I know this stuff. And uh, and, and I ended up landing it. And so then, you know, in reflection, when you look back at this, the thing that I really took away from this is when you're developing talent and people, you need to give them rope. Potentially a lot of it. One of the best compliments I've ever gotten as a leader. uh, Brian Dale uh, worked at Developer Town for a number of years, and when he left, um, he sent me just the nicest little note of just you know, hey, I'm you know, I'm heartbroken, I'm leaving. I I really have no idea if I'm making the right choice, but I feel like this is the right the, the next step in my career, and I just want to thank you for giving me the opportunity to work here and thank you for your friendship. And he's like, and the very last thing he wrote in that email was. I I really appreciate that you always gave me a lot of rope to make mistakes and learn from them, but I never felt like I was out on my own. Like I feel like you gave me the the opportunity to fail, but I never felt like I was just going to fail, you know, to the point you were going to fire me. Or he didn't say it that way, but that that's like the translation. Man, that was it. Like that that's it. Like that that was that is what I was trying to create. And uh and it and it all comes back to that experience, which is you know, when you're trying to get, develop talent, either in yourself or others, you got to find a way for them to safely step out on a plank in a very dangerous area and do a thing
1: that they probably wouldn't have otherwise done. One, I love it. And and kudos to her and to you. I, I mean, you know, I couldn't agree more. And um, sadly though, uh, the leaders who understand what you just said, um, really well are not as, as abundant as they wish they were. And, 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 you know, if you're listening to this yourself and you can't, um, you know, I believe a, a leader cannot be a leader. Actually, this is speaking of 90 Mark Abbott's, one of his favorite lines is you can't call yourself a leader until, you know, unequivocally that you've created three other leaders. And those leaders are created in those moments, like you just said. Um, And from there, it just springboards. Goethe, the famed German scholar said, treat somebody the way they will be and they'll become that. Now there's a science, there's an art, there's a scariness. There's a whole bunch of shit that, you know, you got to get your head around. Otherwise people do get in trouble, right? You do lose money. People do get suicidal to your whole point, right? It is a very uh, dynamic yin and yang about when and where and how you do that. But but the emphasis of your point and your share, oh my God, man, I love it. And that's where I think again, I don't want to talk about the entitlement, all these things. But but, and, and your story about the farm, I mean that that line between getting your hands dirty and and being overly prepared and and making it up as you go along, and you know you know having your ducks in a row. It's it's um, I don't think we teach that enough, and I think there's too much people who just sort of think they're gonna figure it out by happenstance and and they don't. So I would like everybody to re-listen to what Mike just said, because I think there's a nugget in there, man, that if everybody was intentional about looking at each one of their employees and saying, I need to find that type of a scenario, and and you guess what? Yeah, maybe 30, 40, 50% and fail. So I know you said there's a story about falling in love with sales. A, I don't think that's really it, but I like that. And I would give you credit, by the way, because, you know. I, I did fall in love with sales I, at I, I get it, but because I also want to unpack your sales things because people don't want to be sold, they want to buy. And they buy through confidence and stories and conversations and people like you, right? I mean, you know, there's a study that just came out and I was an old school sales guy, you know, back to the IBM, Microsoft, HP, Oracle days, right? Holy cow, I could write a book about all that. But, um, but they now say that, you know, the the average purchaser, let's just say in the Fortune 2500, could be around 45 years old, which, you know, technically are millennials right now. And and 60, 70% of the information gathering, they don't want to talk to a human being. They want to do it online in a self-service DIY fashion, right? So the old school sales, but but what I think you did is you just showed, and I think what you show, Mike, seriously, this is why I think you're so much loved and revered. And I'm going to use that word love very intentionally because because you, you know, I used to be a CEO too in big companies and small you're the guy I would love to have on board because you've got the coding. You've got, you've, you've done it already in the show. You've, you, you know, the code, you know, the feels, and you also know back to selling, positioning, management, leadership. And that's, that's, you you know, there's a difference between talent that God made you and skills that you learn. And there's sometimes they're, they're, they're mixed up, but, but you've got that, that, that package. Um, And that's the second thing I would just say, in addition to that story, your ability to get your head around the, the nuance, the nuance and the literal side of, of what makes things tick is just something that's not out there enough. Um, I don't know how you feel about it. That's how I feel about it. But I am going to ask you then, how are you now bringing that into your world? Are you, I would assume you are, intentional about finding and, and do you literally like put it in their plans? <laughs> do you put it in your plan in terms of how you're going to coach people up and get them to the next level of goodness? Yeah. So here's the interesting trick about
0: doing that you it can't be in a plan right then you, mm. you, there's no mm. risk mm. and without risk there's it's harder i shouldn't say there is no but it's harder to get that kind of growth
1: yeah but you, you talked about eos for an example so back to like the concept of rocks right a, a project program or initiative that you're going to agree to implement over the next 90 days to help you or the business become better you, yeah you follow me yeah so you can be intentional sure. I, I hear what you mean i, I get it yeah, yeah.
0: I see what you're saying. Yes,
1: then for sure.
0: Uh, absolutely. So like I, I can think of like um, some great conversations with Mr. Daniel Fuller um, while we were launching Fullstack where, uh, you know, Fullstack is his first, you know, kind of real sales job and uh, lots of fear and doubt uh, in him around that. And uh, and so, I, you know, I remember conversations where I'm like, okay, what you need to do is X, Y, and Z. And he's like, cool, X, Y, and Z how do I do that? And you know, my answer would be, you, you'll you figure it out. Smart guy. You got this. Like, you know, why don't you start tag me? And if you get stuck and, uh, and, and then, and then he figured it out, right? Like, and, and he did get stuck and he did tag me, you know, and then he figured it out more. And then he, you know, like, yeah. and it just repeat that cycle where there's no point where I, you know, I sat down and I said, okay, here's the 26 step process <laughs> that you're going to walk them through. To close the deal, partly because one, I don't know what it is yet. I turns out I've never sold this product before. We going to go figure some of that out together, right? right. Like, I, like who knows what that process needs to be. Two, my way of selling is very different than yours, which is very different than Kermit the Frog's here. That's <laughs> awesome to have Kermit here. Um, which is different than everybody else's, right? So you, I also can't tell you how to do that. You kind of have to discover what is unique and authentic to you. Or you're going to really suck as a salesperson, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, and so it, it's a little bit exploratory, a little bit of a push, and then a little bit of support when you need it. And so to me, like that's probably one of the more recent examples that that I can think of where it like just freaking works. That guy blossomed; like yeah. he's a powerhouse right now. Yeah. And it and it it's it's all him. Like it's all him. He's doing all of the work. And I hope when he looks back at this, like you know, five ten years from now, he sees like. He did
1: it. Yeah, like it wasn't given to him. Well, and I and that's you know I struggle with that one right because a lot of what I do, both you know, on the professional or personal, is I think I try to. Somebody once said, "Plant seeds under which the shades of the trees you shall not sleep." Right, and and I try to be, and I'm flawed in so many ways um, to be intentional about planting these seeds. And sometimes when I plant them, I want to explain, but I know that's not the way it's supposed to go. Right, you know, you've heard the old. The old comic of the dad spanking his kid says, "This hurts me more than it hurts you," kind of a thing, right? And it's and it's hard because um, sometimes we do things. There's a great book called The Trillion Dollar Coach, Bill Richardson, who coached the Google Boys, and and it's written by actually uh, Eric Schmidt, the former, right? And 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 I have all my clients read it because I want you know back to leaders making leaders, coaching making coaches. You follow me? And and that book is just wrought with these these stories like yours and 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 his his frustration that he wants to explain, like before the movie's over and say, what you didn't know that I just did is I had this little Jedi, Spidey, sensey thing, and you can't do that, right? And and sometimes you don't know if it's right or wrong. She didn't know, right? Calculated risks and all that stuff. I love the theme. I love the story. And, and I guess listeners on this one, finding those those intentional, unintentional opportunities to, to make those impacts in people's lives. And, and you, I'm going to go back to your suicide hotline one. one of the, I've read this in a book, but... When you see somebody blue down the dumps and you can just see lot, some of us are better seeing that than others, right? Yeah. Just, you know, look at them a little bit more with, 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 with care, uh, say their name. I mean, even believe it or not, it sounds so silly. I've said this a bazillion times. People are like, this is weird, Scott. Cause there's that new commercial about the guy coaching their kids about not to be like their parents. And one of his lines at the ends, they don't need to know your name at the restaurant. I call bullshit, right? Especially like at a retail store. When, when, That's when, because you're the parent. Well, uh, but I'm just saying, right? I've checked out of the out of the out of, out of the Kroger, and I'm just looking at that at the teller, and they're they're not happy. And you just look at, me, hey, yeah. Mike, how are you? And they're like, seriously, man, how you doing? And then silly little things like guys behind me, I buy their candy bar. You don't know, man. Today in this day and age, there's a lot of things we can't do. Tip a little bit more. Find those glorious, fun little moments to kind of rock somebody's world you never know yeah. you never know and and uh, the story with her it's a great one so on that note i know you only gave us two out of the fours we're we're over time as usual what's new uh, hey man there's a lot of greatness in the world there's challenges there's struggles there's opportunities all that good stuff but but do you have a theme do you have a mantra do you sort of have a you know if you could if you could you know be on the evening news and, and, and Mike Kelly can just kind of give a thought or two for what you hope people think about in this world more today than for all the reasons. Any, anything on your mind, anything you want to share, anything you want to end with in terms of a thought or a comment for people to think about? You are capable of more. You can do more than you're doing right now. Go do it. <sighs> I'm told I'm, I, I don't do a lot of F-bombs in the show, but I just want to go f and hey, yes. One more time, you're capable of more. That's my Tim Ferriss billboard. <laughs> I, I was say, I, I did pull. That. I usually just say, "Hey, you know, Ferris is asking for royalties now, so I'm trying to try to keep that billboard light out there." <laughs> you can do more. You can be more. Do more. Make more. Learn more. See more. All more. Be more. You know what Jones's was right? Do right. So oh, kinda, was it? Yeah, yeah. His was do. I would add get done too. Right? There's there's a difference it's, it's a fun thing, man. You know, what's, what's the line vision without execution is hallucination. So, you know, how you think, how you feel, get it done. And I would just say, even back to what I was showing you, this, this new course I'm doing online, I just feel sometimes we're so caught up in the, um, you know, I, I believe in this concept called compartmentalization. I, I like it. Right. But sometimes we forget the, the fusion side of it all. You, you follow me? And, and that, and that, and that, you know, you got to have a plan. You got to have people. You got to have purpose. You got to have a just cause. You got to have a scoreboard. You got to make money. You got to do good. That's, that's, that's hard. And that's why we like compartmentalization. But the problem with compartmentalization sometimes is you lose the importance of the synergy of the togetherness of it all. That's why I like your, your summary there. If you keep that temperament, you can do more. And then, and then, and then how do you do more? <laughs> you keep going, right? I mean, we can spend a lot of time on the show. Um, hey, where can people find you? I know Powder Keg's got a website. You got some, some, uh, some, some URLs that are out there. I said, did I say Powder Keg? Who, who, what are you like? Matt Hunkler? You all I, of a sudden I had, hey man, i I'm, you know. I love it. What time is it? Powder Keg's in the family. Four, four, four o'clock. It's, you know, guys, usually, usually, usually I'm taking a nap by now and I've had my three cocktails. I, you know, you just bought me a free beer from Hunker. Developer
0: it's awesome. Town. It's awesome.
1: Yeah, well, he owes you. Uh-huh. He, he, you know, he can he can, he can, can take care of you. Developer Town. Where do I find Developer Town and Mike Kelly? Uh, developertown.com.
0: Uh, you can also find us on all the social medias. You can find me at uh, LinkedIn uh, or drop me a note at Mike at
1: MichaelDKelly.com. Lovely. I feel just somehow I want to ask one more question. Fire away. Uh, I was going to say boxers are briefs, but that's just not as funny as it used to be back in the day. Um, any pet peeves, any pet peeves that you, so one of my big things that I'm into is what's the one thing you should start or stop doing? What's the one thing that you think people should start or stop doing that you think people are doing too much of? <laughs> I know it's a lot. I just sort of felt like I had to ask that question, given this conversation. I'm flat footed. Yeah, that's okay. That's better than being mean, being fat headed.
0: So, it's interesting because I, I, um, I know you're a Jocko fan. You mentioned him on the podcast occasionally, and I'm looking right at a Jocko book and, uh, you'll remember that epi- I will not remember the episode, but the guy he had who was, um, in, uh, the prisoner of war camp, yeah, uh, over in, uh, uh, where was that Vietnam? Yeah. And the guy, uh, y- you know, that guest basically said, look, if somebody is drumming their nails, and that is annoying you that's your problem <laughs> not theirs that you shouldn't ask them to stop drumming their nails the problem is you you need to figure out how to not be annoyed by it and so you know the thing that i would say that i'm still working on is not to have pet peeves but to center myself so that i'm not
1: annoyed by other people's behaviors and my goodness if more people could, it's hard, right? As you said, right? Cause I'm probably struggling with that one big now because of all the things that have happened in the last 18 months. Yeah. My desire almost to be, it's uh, not easy, man. you know, part, part of me wants to be a freaking activist on, on this is the way it should be. And the other part is just, Hey man. Yeah. Hey, I, sirrah, sirrah. I certainly have pet peeves. It don't put
0: your face mask down around your chin, <laughs> take it off. <laughs> Don't you know? Like, there's certain there's tons of things that drive me nuts, but the, the all of those are a signal to me yeah. to look inward. Yeah. Right? Why does it drive me nuts? Why do I care? Why should I?
1: You know, like what what's wrong with me that I think that's a problem? Yeah, I like it. I knew there was one in there too. Hey man, you're you're seriously you're a rock star, and I mean that because as I said, without sounding like you know I'm a corporate titan, um, you know. The world needs more Mike Kellys. I would have loved back in the day when I was running shops. Right, guys like you. There's so few of them around, but I love the fact that you're you're kind of like a Renaissance man. Man, you got you got you got the data, you got the code, you got the business, leadership, management, people, family, life. Um, but I also know you're humble enough to say you're going to keep working on it and keep building and growing and being a better version of yourself. If I'm not mistaken. Just getting started, yeah, yeah. Hey, man. Well, well, by the way, so I like to call it Scott Abbott five point five because I'm fifty five. or right, right. do you have kind of to your point? You said, <laughs> you said Mike like one or something. I think when you were in your twenties, do you, do you look at it that way? When you said you're just getting started, uh, no, but back, back, I might back, I might back now. to old school code. Release <laughs> yeah, yeah. one, release two, PTFS, uh-huh, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> I might now. Uh-huh. Yeah, this shows like a PTF on your well, your your forties, right? So so Mike four uh-huh. and and today you. You put some PTFs out there in the world. Those are program temporary fixes, by the way, for you young kids. Don't remember the old school coding days. <laughs> hey, man, did you, I, I coded RPG and COBOL back in the day. you're because you're old. Uh, those those <laughs> didn't exist when I was. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, green screen, mainframe, 42, uh-huh. what, 4,300s? Now yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh.
0: no, we learned uh, C++ and <laughs> Java in college.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know how to spell that hey gang thank you so much for listening please like please share great episode mike's got a host of of nuggets and goodness in that one mike kelly can i can i buy you buy well you know buy you a, 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 i was gonna say a drink but i think maybe you gotta do the bourbon at home maybe i can at least buy you a beer or something like that. that'd be great thanks everybody be sure to share like you know it's all for a good cause we're donating a buck for every new subscriber season three just started we're uh Uh, invested in some uh, not-for-profits out there helping with uh, uh, career-centric services for underprivileged folks. So uh, please share, like, and we appreciate you. Bye. The Moments to Momentum show is sponsored by Talivation. Talivation is the world's number one online provider of skills and behavior talent assessments that are used to identify, validate, and optimize the fit, proficiency and success of potential and current employees. Television helps both individuals and organizations take the guesswork and uncertainty out of their talent decisions from identifying and hiring the right people to job fit, career advancement, promotions and succession planning, quarterly and annual evaluations, learning and development and training and employee engagement. Talivation and their award-winning talent assessment solution which blends both an online do-it-yourself e-commerce self-service technology platform along with wonderful experienced human assistants and together they support thousands of enterprise organizations big and small as well as colleges and universities workforce development agencies and individual human beings from across the world To learn more, go to Talivation.com. That's T-A-L-E-V-A-T-I-O-N, Talivation.com.